Hello to all our friends in the United States, the UK and around the world. You're listening to Schalke... Schalke America? Schalke America. Ach, Schalke America. Glück auf, okay. Blau und weiß, ein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shout America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Doing all right, sir. May I say the hair? Looking lovely this evening. Look at the flow that Richard's got going on. Beautiful. I'm glad we're doing this on YouTube and not uh, audio only so people can revel in the majesty that I'm seeing at the moment. But oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, excitement in the chat immediately off the bat. There we go. Yeah. Uh, love to see that. Um, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, not a victory Monday pod. Haven't had any of those this season so far. No. Um, no. One of only four teams in the Bundesliga without a win in the first five games. Um, but the good news is we're not in the relegation zone, at least yet, kind of. So there's that. That's kind of where That's we stand right. at the moment. Good evening to Jacob and Eric in the chat. Good to see you guys, as always. And if, again, if you're in the chat, let us know where you're listening in from. And uh, if you're a Stuttgart fan, let us know, because we have a guest tonight um, joining us all the way from Ohio, in between Jack and I, uh, Stuttgart Americana. We're bringing on Travis. Uh, they have a podcast over there. You know what? I'm not going to talk too much about his podcast because I want him to do all the talking. He's a better voice than I do. So welcome to the show, Travis. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. We uh, I heard something about uh, no teams with any wins, and I thought I just had to uh, enter the chat here. Well, it's nice. Misery loves company, so thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure <laughs> to speak with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. All right, Travis, well, tell the listeners, hopefully my voice keeps, stays in because it keeps going in and out, it seems like, but... Let the listeners know about you and your uh, Stuttgart Americana podcast you got. But the less interesting part is my name is uh, you know Travis, and uh, there's three or four of us that are involved in the podcast, and uh, Matt in Michigan, my brother Austin in California, and Jeff in California as well. And uh, during the COVID year, you know, we thought, you know what the world needs? The world needs a Stuttgart fan podcast all the way from yeah, the states, uh, from a bunch of guys who don't know anything about uh, football, the Bundesliga and uh, Stuttgart. So the four of us got together. We made a, a podcast together and uh, it's called Valve B Stuttgart Americana. And we're super excited. We actually started an official fan club as well. That's all but approved uh, by the club. And a bunch of us are going to head to Austin, Texas in November to check out the club. So um, if you are in to uninformed and unintelligent conversation about Valve B Stuttgart, then give us a listen. Cause we're your, we're your podcast. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. I mean, that's what we provide <laughs> as well. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. You know, what I love about you guys, too, is that you guys promote all the English-speaking podcasts or Bundesliga uh, heads here in the States and, and Canada. So, you know, without you guys, I wouldn't have known about all the other great podcast groups that are here, like the Werder Bremen's and, and the, uh, who else? You got Bayern Munich and so on and so forth. So. Uh, kudos to you for spreading the love of the Bundesliga. I, I appreciate that, but this is more like one of my professors in college said when I turned in a paper that looked like somebody else's paper. We're more, we're more plagiarizing from everybody else. Um, we checked you guys out. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Hey, Eintracht is fantastic. The Bremen guys are hilarious. Um, Neverkusen is out there. There's a new one, the uh, FC uh, overall, I believe it is, for FC Cologne fans. So it's just it's a really great group of, of people that uh, just have the same love for the same thing. And that's the, the Bundesliga. So it's great to reach out to all those groups. Yeah. I think we have enough, uh, you know, Premier League and La Liga fans in the States. Anyway, it's nice to kind of try to grow the, uh, the Bundesliga brand a little bit and uh, you know, spread the love for this league. Cause it's great. And honestly, we weren't happy to be in this, this fight at Bundesliga last season, but that's a great league as well. And we really enjoyed, you know, watching that and experiencing that too. So there's a lot to, uh, to love in German football and uh, glad to be a part of it. Glad to have you on. Yeah, I hope that's not a segue into where both of our clubs are headed. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. We'll see. But uh, no, you know, since we talked about it, we want to know your thoughts on Stuttgart coming to this season. Obviously, we coming from the Zweite Liga, we had different intentions this year. But 
curious on your thoughts after the season you had last year and what were your expectations or hopes for this season coming, you know, as you went into it? Well, our season, like most people know, came down to the last match day. And I think my neighborhood can still hear me cheering at the 94th minute when Endo scored the winner against Cologne. Um, so we knew we were going to lose a number of players. Orel Mangala, who drove the midfield. Uh, Sasha Kalajic, who, you know, scored as many goals up front. And Borna Sosa were the three guys that we thought we would lose. So we just assumed the club would be a lot different. And I think uh, Sven Mislintai, who's in charge of, he's the director of sport, in charge of getting players said it perfectly and i love this is such a german phrase is 13th place is our first place and you can't say that in any other at least american sport and not get fired immediately but i think that's so we're 12th place now you know we'll talk about you know what that looks like later but our goal is to finish um probably let me put it this way when we did our on our podcast, a preview of the season, we kind of broke it down to the top six, middle six, and the bottom six. Our goal was to be somewhere in that the, t- the top of the last six. So somewhere around that 12-13, I think we've got the talent to do it. Uh, it just We're running into the same issues we ran into last year. And then you see clubs like Bremen and Schalke who are just coming up, and you're like, well, they might struggle, but you know they're doing all right. So... Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, 13th would probably be our first place as well this season, given everything. I think Richard and I have been talking about is my only goal for our season this year was to stay up and try to, you know, reestablish a foothold in the Bundesliga and not yeah. get into some sort of yo-yo situation. Obviously, um, you know, the financial realities in the background for Schalke make that especially important as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, what I want to ask you guys is, is I think being a Schalke supporter and a Stuttgart supporter is somewhat similar in that we come from very – his, history rich clubs who have had a lot of success in your guys's case internationally in our uh, case domestically and i think it's really difficult for clubs like ours to wrap our heads around this new reality that we may be you know like you said a more of in the yo-yo situation than we want to admit just because based on our history and our tradition so when you guys that's what i kind of was interested about you guys when you headed back up to the first league did you have aspirations of immediately finishing the top nine or were you just like, listen, I mean, Richard, Richard may be different than me because Richard likes to project us to finish first every season, (laughs) no matter what happens historically. But like I said, for me, my literally my only goal, like if we stayed up, that was a successful season for me. Um, You know, there's a lot of squad overhaul last year, obviously going into second division and a lot of squad overhaul again uh, this year. We've, we've, um, we've lost Malik Chow now, in addition to Ozan Kabak and Itakura. So, you know, Kalbach obviously not really involved last season as much, but, you know, two mainstays at center back for us on the way out. So, you know, there's, there's definitely issues there. And, um, you know, I think we have a good enough squad to stay up, but I, I think we all need to be very realistic about the situation the clubs in at the moment, uh, the financial constraints that are in play. And um, like I said, the most important thing for us is just to remain in the Bundesliga, try to establish a foothold. And, you know, hopefully we can fight our way back up to, you know, the higher places of the table. But this is a, it's a brave new world at this point. This is not the situation we yeah. were in, you know, yeah. 10 years ago. And I'm no, I'm no fool either. I, I, I'm not going to go and predict we're going to win the Bundesliga again. Uh, <laughs> but my goal was, like Jack says, just to stay in the league. If we finish, you know, somewhere mid-table, that's a fantastic year, honestly, considering where we came from. But to stay in the league and hopefully not be in a relegation battle at all, that's the goal. Uh, anything more is a cherry on top. Anything less is uh, a yo-yo you mentioned. So it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So do you feel, because you guys I, had a little bit of yo-yo yourself, do you feel now that you're kind of got a staple hold in the Bundesliga or are you still worried about that yo-yo effect? I'm crazy scared of this. It's funny. It's um, when I had my first child, we were relegated. And then we came back up. And then I had my second child and we were relegated again. I told my wife, it's like, listen, we can no longer, for the sake of Germany and Stuttgart, we can no longer have children. Um, And look at me, she was okay with that. But it was weird because two years ago when we came up, the year that you guys were being relegated, um, we were everybody's darling. Everybody loved, you know, watching uh, Silas and watching Kalajic and Porno Sosa and Gregor Cobell. Um, The first half of the season, we were playing really well. And then, the second half of the season, I think people figured us out a little bit. We had some injuries. And then last season, while you guys were in the Zweite Liga, we were just a disaster. And we we lost, I think it was the second most players due to COVID and to injury in the entire Bundesliga. And so you were never able to put your thumb on what is it that is 
not letting us have success. And so you're like, well, I'm excited for this season. We survived by the skin of our teeth. And it's almost the same thing over again. Um, the, the late transfer window led to some late, you know, Kalajic leaving late, uh, some new players coming in. Um, so you don't really know where the club's at. And I think that's the most frustrating thing as a Sugar uh, supporters. We love the youth that we have. We love the direction that we're taking. But because of the injuries and because of the COVID and because of the late transfer, we've never been able to really truly figure out what this club is like. And so going into a, a match against Schalke, who is a, a game that most Stuttgart supporters thought that we could get three points out of, you're still really nervous because you don't know what your club has because the last 18 months, it's just been all over the board. So talk to us briefly, if you can. You don't have to get too granular here, but just thoughts on Matarazzo in general as a manager, because I know that, you know from the American perspective, there's a lot of interest. Obviously, he's lived in Germany for quite some time consistently, but born in New Jersey. Um, there's that you know sort of dual national like aspect to it or whatever you want to say. Um, what can you tell us about the way he likes to set up his team, the things he's trying to do, and sort of your general impressions of him so far? I, I, not, on, not on the bench uh, this past weekend due to suspension. We saw Sven Mislintat jump up and get involved at one point pretty angrily about a Drexler tackle. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's it's not a Stuttgart game unless somebody gets a red card and gets booted out. So we're just gonna start next week down ten and let Bayern you know go at it. Um, Maybe we'll get one back during the course of the match. You start with ten, you'll get one on it. I know it it works so far. Is it? I would say this. I think Stuttgart supporters by and large are in love with Pellegrino Matarazzo and spend missing time. We love that they're playing youth. We love that they let the kids make mistakes. As a Stuttgart supporter, we've gone through a number of managers over my fandom over the last decade. And now Pellegrino is the fourth most tenured manager in the Bundesliga. And when you tell a Stuttgart supporter that it blows their mind because we go through managers like crazy. Um, the team has been very analytical and the team has been very, um, his background is mathematics and the knock on him has been kind of uh, passion and in-game um, changes, but we've seen that definitely change this season. And I think it's a nice kind of a, uh, when you let a manager or a coach actually grow, you will see bumps in the road, but you'll see improvement. That's what we're seeing with Pellegrino Matarazzo. This goes back to what I said earlier is because of the injuries and because of the late transfer, I don't think we have a full picture of exactly what Pellegrino Matarazzo uh, can do because even though he's got a really talented roster, which most Stuttgart supporters would believe, it seems like he's always hamstrung by a silly red card or COVID or an injury. And this may sound like an excuse and maybe it is, um, but he plays very aggressive football. Um, we give up about a goal and a half every game while he's been manager. So we're going to go for it, but we usually score a lot of goals. And when we were having success early, that's what was happening. But over the last 20 matches or so, whether it's bad luck, bad finishing, we haven't been able to get those goals in. Um, but by and large, you ask anybody who's wearing a Bruce string, the red uh, stripe, uh, we love Reno. We love Sven. Um, we just need some results. And at the end of the day, if we can just get a couple results, that's why the Bremen match was so hurt so much. Because if we're seeing with six points or eight points, the conversation is completely different than, than what it is right now. Um, so we love Reno. We just want to get some results. Uh, let me flip it back to you guys. I mean, there was rumors going into the, the match against us that if, you guys got zero points out of that that you might be looking for a new manager already yeah well i think uh i think ethan at tedesco time would be happy with that uh <laughs> I, think he, I think he has his whole thing like targeted already in terms of the date but um we did see we did see uh, uh rovin schroeder come out after the match and make some positive comments about Cromer, but comments that seemed somewhat reminiscent of comments he made about Gramatzis yeah. when he was initially defending Gramatzis prior to that thing happening. So, um, you know, I do think, uh, and Richard, I'd be interested to hear your opinion on it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Schalke's fired so many managers given the financial situation. I think we want to limit the financial liability that we're paying for coaches. We're kind of hoping that maybe Balkum fires their manager and Gramatzis gets hired or something along yes. those lines, because that would get them off of our, you know, our payroll. Um, so that might be holding things up to some extent, but I mean, you look at a lot of the underlying statistics for us this season, and we're near the bottom of the table or bottom of the table in a lot of categories. Um, I mean, you could say that we're underperforming our XG going forward. Maybe that balances out over the course of the year. But um, I think we have like, you know, the lowest success in terms of pressing, uh, like the lowest success percentage of pressing in, in the league. Um, we have like 70% pass completion right now as a whole. Um, 
you know, like really struggling to build out of the back. I think we have some of the fewest shots on target in the league as well. I mean, there's a lot of metrics both, you know, going forward and defensively that aren't particularly great at the moment and don't um, speak well to what Cromer's trying to to implement. So, you know, I think I think this Stuttgart match was potentially a missed opportunity in some ways for Cromer specifically. I mean, the club in general, uh, you know, with the way the match played out in the red card that ultimately, and we'll get into that a little bit. But um, yeah, I think he needs to get some results and some results quickly. As I mentioned up top, you know, Stuttgart and Schalke, two of only four teams in the league right now that are winless through five. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a results-driven business. You know, you love hearing people saying that. But as you said, like, you know, a couple wins and suddenly the narrative can change. Um, yeah. kind of quickly. And it's like you said, you know, Travis, how like it's just, you know, going to this game, you guys obviously thought that you guys could get three points from us. We kind of had the same feeling that we could probably get three points from you. Not that it's taking the game from Stuttgart, but, you know, it's not, it's not the Bayerns of the world. And we know that Dortmund, the Riviera Derby, is just two games away. And we had two games to ride our ship, right? The 6 1 drubbing at Union Berlin, embarrassing. The scoreline may have been flattering, but. We had two games between Stuttgart and Bochum. If we didn't have positive results, possibly a, a max of four points or a minimum of four points through those two games, you might be looking at Kramer's head, right? Um, you don't want to go to the big derby backing in. And granted, most of these derbies, any big derby in the world, form goes out the window. Shaka knows that better than anybody. But you can't afford this early in the season to be in a relegation zone looking as terrible as we have. And, you know... Verder and us, you mentioned them. We both came up this year, and we have completely different 180 styles of attack. Verder attacks, attacks, attacks. We sit back, let everyone attack us, and we have one of the lowest possessions percentage of the of the league thus far. Not only passing bad, but we let the other team just take the ball. I mean, this last game against you guys is the only time we ever went over 50% in passing, which is or, or possession, I should say. So it hasn't been great thus far, but we'll see. We'll see how Bochum goes. <laughs> Shall we get into this one then? Yeah. Yeah, let's get into this here. Uh, obviously, the game 1-1, we drew. Um, I guess it's an okay result for both of us. I think we're okay with the draw. Are you guys okay with the draw against Lowly Schalke? <laughs> I don't think anybody here on this podcast can uh, begrudge anybody else <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. I, especially the way the game played out. I mean, whenever you go down a man, which we do a lot now, uh, you got to be happy to get a point out of that. Yeah. The I was reading the kicker review of the match and they do a great job of analyzing Bundesliga matches and they gave it a, on their rating, one being the best, six being the worst. They gave it a four. And I, I disagree. I, I didn't think it was that bad of a match. I thought the first half there were yeah. chances all over the place. Uh, Silas just was playing fantastic. Um, Egloff had a couple shots for, for us. Um, uh, Dino had a nice header that uh, your goalie uh, was able to save. So I didn't think the first half was was that bad. I think the second half really bogged down quite a bit. And especially once the red card happened, things got kind of crazy a bit. I didn't think it was that bad. I think it was two winless teams who knew they were winless, who knew they had a chance to get points, who initially were going at it. But then as the match went on more and more, we're kind of like, yeah, maybe a point's okay. Yeah, <laughs> calculus so changes, fear kind of creeps in, lack of confidence, especially Schalke, I think, off of that 6-1 result, you know, concerned about maybe conceding despite well, man advantage at the end. I was, I saw the stats for that 6-1 uh, loss, and I'm sorry. that, Like you said, it, it, that wasn't, the match wasn't representative of the score there. Right. And if not for T-Rod, who we love, missing two penalty kicks in one match, you guys have three points in a win already. And so I was really worried going into this one. I just thought going, playing at home, our roster versus your guys' roster, I liked our chances quite a bit. I thought the first half was fair. You know, I thought it was it was pretty fair back and forth. And I think the second half, to answer the question the long way to get to a short answer is, yeah, I think we were lucky to get the point. And, um, you know, we're well on our way to 33 points. Zero wins, 33 draws, <laughs> and one loss. So that's got to be a record somewhere. As long as you get 40 points, I think that's the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Um, so now you guys obviously lost Kalasic as a striker, who we are very familiar with. Um, is Silas the one expected to be to pick up the slack, or who do you think from your starting 11? Because I'm looking at your starting 11, and I'm trying to look at the danger. But obviously, Endo is someone who we are very familiar with. Um, Furish, all Shaco fans know who he is. But, you know, 
Amada had a good start to the season, I think. And I would guess Silas would be the guy who would pick up the slack, maybe Egloff. Thoughts on, on who could really replace that torch that Kalasic is going to be leaving going yeah, to West Ham or wherever? At this point, it's going to be number 14, uh, Silas. He's he's the guy. And uh, I think it's interesting that um, you see this in the NFL a lot in the United States where you think, okay, what player on the other team scares the defense you know, on offense? And I'm looking at the roster right now, and as much as I know these guys, I can imagine that if you're a Schalke supporter, you're like, eh. I'm not too scared of this. Kalijic is gone. Yeah, I know Borna Sosa. Uh, but outside of that, there's not. So I think the biggest issue for Stuttgart is going to be, can they find somebody to help Silas? Because Silas looked really well during this match. Yeah. He just wasn't able to to get the finishing. Uh, we have some younger kids. Didn't have a lot of support at times, despite getting in behind. Like, not a lot of runners with him and, you know, didn't have – because yeah. a lot of times he was the one receiving passes into the final third rather than kind of being the guy in the end product trying to get the shot away. And there weren't enough people, in my opinion, kind of with and around him to play, play off of once he got some of those opportunities in behind. And I think that's the, the concern is that a lot of what we do seems to play off individual uh, brilliance. And as opposed to – you know, in the past, it was Borna Sosa, Cross, <laughs> Sasha Kalajic, header, goal. Everybody celebrates. Um, and everybody knew it, but that's what we did. I think this is a, it's an exciting time as a Stuttgart supporter trying to figure out, okay, what is the new reality going to be for this team? Silas is definitely a talent, but he can't do it by himself, like you said. Um, and that's part of the problem. Tiago got uh, Tomas, who you guys didn't see much at all in this match, is coming off tonsillitis. Uh, Lillian Egelhoff was only able to play... 60 minutes, and he's a stud, but he's injury-prone all the time. Borna Sosa was only play, able to play 60 minutes, but he's he has abductor issues all the time. Hmm. So this a long story short. I think Silas is going to be the guy who's going to score. I'm kind of excited that Jirasi is coming from the French League via Cologne. Um, I think he's matured. I think he can help on the wing. He kind of be what you said, that kind of support player there a little bit. But... It's funny, we don't have a true striker like you guys have in Simone. And it's going to take us some time to figure that out. Where I think you guys have your guy. It's just a matter of trying to, is he Bundesliga quality? And can you get him the ball enough for him to to do what he did on, on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a true question there. And Jack, looking at our lineup, our lineup was interesting to say the least. Um Pretty much, well, I'm not, it's not the same lineup. Look at the back four is completely different. Well, a little different. Vandenberg, Seth Vandenberg, the new man who just joined the team from Liverpool, who had maybe two practices with him, is in the starting lineup out of necessity. I'm surprised Leo Grimal didn't get the start in this one. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, in the midfield, Flick inserted into the midfield, holding midfield to roll. You had Larson getting his first start, and Drexler playing the attacking 10 position. That Salazar normally holds thoughts on the lineup in this one. Yeah, well, I mean, flicking the lineup, add a trophy to the Schalke America trophy cabinet. Uh, you know, we love that. Uh, no, but um, yeah, Malik Chow sold to yeah. AC Milan very late in the window. Um, I think, you know, going into the season, we expected that we would probably sell two of the three of Kabak, Chow, and Itakura. I don't think we expected to necessarily lose all three of those. Yeah. Um, so Vandenberg, obviously, is going to have to be a significant contributor this season i was surprised as you were however that he was thrown into the fire immediately i think kaminsky's still hurt correct yes yes so that's that is probably a contributing factor but i mean vandenberg was at the club for less than a week before getting a start so i kind of want to not be too hard on him for his performance this match but um you know did not have a good game overall um both kind of on the offensive end and the few chances that he had around the box and then all, and particularly obviously defensively um so that was strange uh you know i think uh Zawitzar, you know we need to he can get worn out because he he runs a ton and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I'm fine with, you know, having him come on as a super sub occasionally to kind of keep him fresh and try to keep him healthy because he's going to be an important contributor. Drexler, as we said last year, is, is I think, a little bit underrated in terms of the value that he provides on the pitch at times. He kind of is a little bit like he's just not like the star man that people look for, but he's a big contributor. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, Larson's still out wide gets his first start as well. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts when we get a little bit deeper into the match, but uh, kind of a mixed performance from him as well, too. So um, interesting starting lineup. There's still some guys that we're getting a look at. I think the thing that we can really kind of hold on to at this point is that, like, you know, Tom Krause, Bolter, and Bruner and Oweyan are probably going to be, you know, mainstays in the squad yeah. for most of the season, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the injury to Thomas Oweyan isn't too serious because he went out and we got to see Tobias Moore, who 
did well in the game, I think. But uh, you mentioned Sepp Vandenberg and uh, had an assist early on in the game. Uh, unfortunately, it was to Silas. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing there. Young guy, he read the play well, but the first touch was poor. Get right to Silas. Silas found Furish, who put it away past... Uh, Yoshida got a little bit on it, but got past uh, Schwoloff. Early one nothing lead, and Jack and I talked about how on the live stream, how we didn't want to go down to you guys because we saw how you guys played against Cologne last week and we thought you played fairly well. And if you get the lead on us early, it could be lights out for us early. And 18 minutes in, you guys get a goal there. You had to have been happy, Travis, to see that uh, early goal, that error that led to that goal, I should say, too. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to roll you guys at that point. We we predicted, most of us on our podcast predicted a 3-1 to one victory. Um, and we all wanted uh, Simone to score because we love we loved Toroda. But we wanted him to score, obviously, in a loss. So we wanted to be three to one just so he could get his first goal in the Bundesliga. But once we got that early goal, because we've been giving up early goals, and once we got that early goal, I thought we would just be able to sit back, counterattack you guys to death, and Silas would be able to get another goal at some point. And I wasn't really able to even go to the refrigerator to crack open another beverage before I come back. And part of our dreams came true. Uh, Toroda scored, uh, but it didn't end in the way that I wanted it to end. <laughs> Jack, go ahead, please. No, I was just saying, I mean, yeah, the Silas, the um, you know, I, I thought obviously we talked about he had a very impressive performance in this game, um, a, kind of reminiscent of, of Marcus Traum on Malik Chow, actually, in terms of the fact that how much he was bullying Yoshida. Um, I mean, clear pace difference there in terms of, you know, the aging legs of Yoshida. He, he was, he was um, you know, kind of exposed a little bit too much in this one, which isn't entirely his fault like that play. We said it was a poor touch from Vandenberg. That kind of thing kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it is, it's a terrible way to go down early with the mistake with that, especially from the young kid who's coming in. I mean, it's not the way that he wants to start. I feel bad for him for that. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, there's far too often this season already. We, we have we have created goals for the opposition, whether it's Shvalov, um, just completely mishandling aerial balls in the box for no reason or plays like that. It's the thing that we always say on this podcast over and over is make teams beat you. And that first goal for Stuttgart, the only goal really for Stuttgart, was was an example of of you know, we didn't give them a goal. They still had some stuff to do. Nice finish, ultimately. Nice, you know, nice play to finish that off. But a chance that's created through an error um, in our back four. It was, it was funny, though. It's it's the year that you guys were relegated. When you let up a goal, the floodgates opened up. And yeah. you could see it. I Unfortunately, I've been a supporter of a team that's been relegated twice in the last you know, seven or eight years. And their body language completely changes. You can, you can yeah. see a team that doesn't believe. And with... This team, I don't buy that. Um, I really liked, uh, is, it, is it Bolter? Bolter? Yeah. Okay. He got better as the match went on. Uh, Simone Toroto, we can have an argument whether he's a Bundesliga player or his Vita League player, but he's a hard-working player. Drexler is a hard-working player. Aisha is a hard-working. So that's where I get frustrated all the time because you see teams like Union Berlin, where you're like, how are they so good? It makes no sense. Or, or Vera Bremen, how are they good? It makes no sense. But there's a mentality aspect that I think those teams have that my club, unfortunately, lacks right now. And what you guys had, especially as the match went on, I know, it, you know it only ended in a draw, was there wasn't this, oh, what was me thing. Now, I know it's early. It's only four matches in. But I think we've both seen our respective clubs go through that in the past. And it's not, and hopefully this isn't offensive, it's not like the Schalke team that you guys have is super talented i don't think right. anybody That's looks fair. at that roster and is like super impressed but we can see with bremen we can see with Union berlin we can see with you know freiburg i mean teams that have rosters that initially you're not super excited about and yet you look at the records and they're significantly uh, more impressive uh, than ours were so what i was really impressed with you guys was bolter seems to get so much better as the match went on he was making hikori ito who's really come on as a really strong Bundesliga defender. He was making him look just out of sorts the last 10, 15 minutes of that match. And Salazar had two fantastic opportunities with seconds left. One yeah. was just out of his reach. The other one was a lucky deflection off a sugar player. And that's why, you know, go back to the question you asked earlier is like, yeah, it, it was a lucky point and you know, I'll take it. You got to stack those up. But if I was you guys, this isn't the Shanka of old. If they have that kind of mentality, 
I think good things can happen. At least yeah. enough to finish, you know, 13th is our first. Well, yeah, Bol- Bolter's certainly the guy to shout out when you talk about mentality. Rich and I always uh, yeah. comment almost every podcast about the various phases that he's making at times. <laughs> uh, and, like, yeah, kind of how, like, we love having him on the team, but he's the kind of player you probably play, hate playing against just because he's just, like, got that edge to him for 90 yeah. minutes. He was, in, he was in every fight in the game. He was <laughs> in the middle of it, which you love to see for us, not for you guys. But <laughs> the mentality but, you talked about was, like, last year, We this is the first time we saw it in a long time where we go down a goal – and we just got stronger and stronger as the game went on. And what we saw in this, you guys scored and re- immediate reaction. And and like Jack and I were talking about before the game or during the game is that Drexler in that 10 position was kind of weird to us. But as soon as that goal happened, Drexler kind of just exploded and created two great chances before that Simon Toroto goal. Uh, eventually got the nice pass from Kraus and then did a dinky pass, pass the defender and then Toroto put it away, which we would love to see as well. We want to see the big man get off the, off the score sheet. So, uh, yeah, in immediate response from Schalke, and I, I agree with you, I think that's the mentality that we kind of living off from last year. Yes, it's a new manager, but the core is the same. And all those guys just kind of rally around the difficult times and, and put the better best foot forward, I should say. And Union Berlin last game was a microcosm, I think, of all this, a, a, a blip on the radar. But I think what we saw against Stuttgart was immediate reaction back. And I thought um, we played pretty well for the game on the most part. I think... Yeah, the two the two things that stood out to me, and the two questions I have for you guys is so Simon Toroto scores his first goal of the season in the Bundesliga. It, he has to be going through the roof emotionally. But he had played for Stuttgart before, and there's that unwritten rule, right, that when you score you against your, your old club, you don't celebrate. And I thought it was really impressive the amount of just emotional intelligence or the amount, uh, the ability of him to kind of control it to where. You know he had to be going through the roof getting his first goal, but he did not celebrate a lick in that. And he won a – not that he needs any more support from Stuttgart supporters because he's beloved by us, but he won even more support just keeping that that under control. So that guy, I was so happy for him to get his goal. The The big talking point in the, the Stuttgart camp was was Drexler, actually. the I think it was around the 70-some minute mark where – he was getting stubbed out, and he had the foul. And Sven Mistletoe um, got a yellow card because he went nuts. Yeah, on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we love Sven. We love Sven. So he's kind of our, our, our just a representation of all of us. These are Mike Buskins. He's our Mike Buskins. He's going bananas, and he wants Drexler to be uh, pull. You know, get his second yellow, so that now it's ten against ten with about 15, 20 minutes left in the match. And so, from the Stuttgart perspective, you have this really uncomfortable uh, discussion where it's kind of like, okay, the refs are out to get us again. And no, my perspective on that is I thought the the yellow card on Vagnamon in the first, in the, the 70th minute that got him, um, or 60th minute, they got him, his second yellow, they got him pulled off. I'm totally fine with that. If they call the one on Drexler later, I guess that, that was where my, what was me, um, you know, go get the zebras comment was i'm curious as to what you guys thought about uh simone scoring the goal but not celebrating and then the the drexler non-call well uh yeah i i'm not surprised that he didn't celebrate we saw bulter against union berlin his former team he didn't celebrate as well and it's like you said it's he's got to be going through the motions because it is his first goal he needed that he had two misses in the penalty spot last week that you know could have changed the game uh, and bad so, penalties you know, too, like bad, uh, bad, bad takes, penalties. like not like not like well saved, just like yeah, bad attempts, yeah. shockingly bad. bad shots. And then he kept composure and scored. He knows that one's not going to be enough. He's got to keep scoring, right? And then I'm glad he didn't celebrate either. Um, and then also the Drexler thing, you know, should he get sent off? Probably. You know, look at the replay. He got contact, and he probably should have been sent off. But it may have helped Shaka because I think Shaka actually got worse when we got the man advantage. And you see this with teams all the time. When they go when the team gets down to 10 men, sometimes they play really well, sometimes not. You guys played really well once you went down to 10 men. Maybe it's part of that what was me part of thing. But, you know, if anyone knows about the what was me, it's Shaka too, right? We always feel everyone's against us. Every call is going against us so far this year except for that one. Um, <laughs> so we know what you're talking about. But, yeah, no, I think Trexler probably could have got sent off. And, and the manager, Frank Cromer, knew that and yanked him right away. Um, Jack, I'm curious to your thoughts on, on that play. Yeah, I mean, like, so, Simon Serrano, first of all, I mean, the one thing that uh, Richard and I were so excited last season to have a striker for once. And, like, yeah, we can talk about whether or not it's going to translate to the Bundesliga, whether, whether you know, the second division, particularly at this point in his career with his age, is the more appropriate home 
for a guy like Tirada. But, you know, one of the things that always struck me last season was um, he's a guy that just knows where the goal is constantly. He doesn't have to pick his head up to find the corner. Um, and I think that goal was a great example of it. he's making his run and he, and you know, the ball comes in from Drexler. It's a beautiful ball from Drexler, but Toronto doesn't pick his head up to, to find it. He just immediately knows, you know, where to hit it. And it's those kind of like cool collective finishes that we have been so starved for over the past years, kind of post Huntelar. Um, we just like, didn't have a consistent, you know, talisman up front that Toronto was able to provide last season. So finally having him get on the score sheet and in that kind of manner with, you know, it's very much a striker's goal in my opinion. Like I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, and, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of fans that would say like, yeah, you know, the, the sanctimony about, you know, not celebrating, you know, screw it. Everyone, you know, celebrate whenever you can. I tend to agree with you more and say that I, I tend to appreciate it when, when players show a little bit of, you know, deference or whatever for, for former clubs. So yeah, I appreciate that as well. Um, and as far as Drexler goes, yeah, I mean, he could have been a second yellow for sure. I thought his first yellow was, was kind of naughty as well. Looked kind of almost intentional, just kind of leaving that stud in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so definitely, definitely fortunate in a, a, a timely substitution, I think from, from Cromer to not, not risk that, um, further. Yeah. Uh, good game overall. I think, like I said, I think the game really changed when you guys went down that to the 10 men. Cause I think you play better. It, it looked like you had a chip on your shoulder and you had to prove something and you guys, the, it seemed like the play they kept saying the possession was widely in our favor, but I think once you guys went down to 10 men, you guys started taking over and getting chance after chance against us. I was, I was nervous the floodgates would open, and I would be like, this is going to be embarrassing to lose a man up and you know, lose in a fashion. Because that's what it seemed like it was going towards before you know, we held on. But it's, it's, it's bizarre, but part of it goes back to, and you asked earlier in, in the show, how Reno likes to, to set up the team and play. And it's, we play a lot of counterattack. And when... We had Silas and we had Nico Gonzalez a few years ago and you had all this speed. It made so much sense. So it's really bizarre that going down a man forces us to go counterattack even more. Yeah. And that's why it was a lot of us were really disappointed when Silas came off because when he came off, there goes that the one guy that can, that can counter. But Jurassic has speed. And so, you know, maybe he can replicate that to a bit. So it, it's it goes to if we're talking about our two clubs and what they can do to hopefully finish in 13th place for thereabouts. The thing that I really like about Stuttgart, and we've all said this about uh, Pellegrino and the team, is mentality. Uh, whether it's we can't finish, we can't score a goal to buy to save our lives, but the team doesn't give up. The team doesn't just stop fighting. And maybe they fight too much. <laughs> There's some maybe some composure issues that we have to deal with, you know, a little bit. Your Dino Mavropanos booting yeah. that ball out. Yeah, the booting. Yeah, exactly. You're you're just kind of like Dino. What what are you doing? Um, but the mentality of this team, and, and you guys said earlier, is Stuttgart plays actually really well when they go down a goal. It's really bizarre. They just so the thing that Reno has really tapped into this team, and why I think he can be a very successful manager, is I think he is tapped into the emotional and the mental part of them. That just because you make a mistake, you're not coming out. Okay, you're you're not going to. I'm not going to lambast you in uh, the media. I'm not going to not start you the next match. He's going to trust the the, the process, which is not a great thing that you know Americans like to hear. Uh, it's frustrating at times because a lot of us want. Uh, example: Chris Furich. About ten minutes into the match, I was texting the guys on our podcast. I'm like, please, we need to sit this guy down. We, we need to sit him down. So what does he do? He scores a goal. And then my buddies are like, you're a moron. This is why you're not the coach. And he <laughs> is. So that's the thing that I love about my club is the results may not be there every week. And we may have left some points on the board somewhere. But they have a mentality of never give up. And I know that's super cheesy. And I know that's super cliche. And it's Friday Night Lights and all that stuff. But I think for clubs like ours that are just hoping to be mid-table, that mentality part goes a long way. And I think all you have to do is look at a club like uh, Augsburg, who should be relegated every single year, yeah. but they're not. And and some of it has The to fighting be- Caligiuris. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The, the, the flaming pineapples, as we call them in our show. And, but they figured something out. So that's what I really like about my club, is despite going down to man, they never gave up. They kept at it. Um, it got really hairy there the last, you know, you know minute or two. Yeah. But you know what? All we got to worry about now is this little pesky club called Bayern coming up. So 
Well, I, I think it's interesting what you said about, you know, the counterattacking approach and the, the emphasis on that coming to this one, because I think it's actually probably maybe not advisable to take that approach against a team like Schalke, because um, once again, this is coming from like FB ref. So like this is like stats bomb stuff, but like Schalke, like 40 percent possession as in terms of like um, percentage of, of passes completed. So Schalke, one of the lowest possession teams in the Bundesliga. So it's going to be harder to counterattack us in general. And then the fact that you're saying like, hey, once you went down a man, you became more counter. That's probably because we had more possession once we had a man advantage, which we typically wouldn't have, which potentially opens it up for you yeah. on the counter. Because I mean, we kind of tend to like to do a lot of our best work in transition as well. Yeah. Um, not that we you know can't occasionally you know break teams down in the final third, but it's a lot of, you know, Zalatsar running free through the middle and transition and those sorts of things or, you know, long ball up the top to like bolter somebody on the wing to like play something in. So yeah, I'm in a weird position because you guys have Bochum coming up, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, as a Stuttgart supporter, do I <laughs> do we want the draw there? Do we want uh, Schalke to get out the uh, the W? It's uh, you guys have put me in a rough spot here. I'm not. Uh... You know, you want Simon to score again. Come on, a hat trick would be so nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're confident that Bochum is going to go down this season, then I think you probably want. Bachum to pick up some points to to yeah. you know hurt maybe what's potentially going to be a more direct you know promotion not promotion uh you know avoiding relegation rival in Schalke that was not eloquently stated at all anyway not like me Jack <laughs> well, I repeat what I said earlier in the show is that I am scared to death every Saturday so no matter who we're playing yeah uh, it, it's a little frightening yeah no for sure and you said to, you know and the and the game here you know we did finish the game very well Bolter got as you mentioned got stronger and stronger created two two great opportunities at the end of the game both i think for salazar i think backdoor that he just missed uh but ultimately a good end to the result uh good end to the game i should say jack i'm okay with the results uh obviously a win is what we wanted but we didn't lose right mm-hmm. so i think we're okay with the result at least I, I am. I, think, I don't know about I you. I think we are as well, but I think my opinion of it changed a little bit later in the match because I felt as though it took us far too long to try to really go for the win after the man advantage took place. I felt like we were very... 20 um, minutes of nothing for us. Yeah, until those final couple minutes where we started attacking, and I was shocked by that. I don't know if that was, once again, the after effects of, of the uh, the Union Berlin loss. Um where or we were very concerned about, you know, like conceding a bunch of goals and like, you know, losing in that position. Like, you know, I think Kramer maybe for his job is like, I don't want to, you know, lose this game with a man yeah. advantage or something along those lines. But at the same time, it's like you have to pick up points when you can. That's the position you're in this season. You have to go for it sometimes. You're on the road. You have, you know, your opponent at home down a man. Like you have to really go for it, in my opinion. That was disappointed. It didn't seem we had like the intention or the emphasis early enough in that final phase of the game. To secure it, but obviously, you know, still could have gone our way regardless with, um, you know, some of the chances that we ultimately had. Um, I just wanted to ask briefly, just who, who, who did you think were, were kind of your your men in the match on your side, on the Stuttgart side? Um, for me, obviously, Silas for sure um, had a brilliant piece of footwork, maybe in the 75th minute as well in the box. The whole defense, whole like defense. two oh or three God. people and got a shot off. Ridiculous feat. In addition to you know all the work he was doing in behind earlier, um, uh, Endo was was very solid as well again. And then of course, uh, I think Anton in the center of defense was was quite good. Uh, additionally, yeah. who did you who did you like in particular? Yeah, we had our uh, the OFC our, so our official fan club. We vote on a man of the match, and uh, every week for uh for the office sugar and it was uh Baltimore anton this week is is what everybody like he just seemed this week to really just control the middle he was able to he had some amazing tackles uh listen Silas is awesome and he had some amazing plays and he's kind of in that mode now where he's gonna shoot it no matter where he's at on the pitch and i i don't blame him but uh anton played really well he the 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 weakness for us is we build out of the back a lot that's not Baltimore anton's strength Mm-hmm. What his strength is is breaking up uh, plays, tackles, staring at people very intensely and, and just very meanly and uh, intimidating uh, on the back there. And so we thought he had a great uh, a great match um, in the back. And that's that's kind of the interesting thing is we haven't been able to score goals. And the way I kind of compare Stugard to um, my friends who don't follow soccer is we're kind of like the New Orleans Saints of the late 2000s. And if you remember the New Orleans Saints of the late 2000s, Drew Brees was just throwing touchdowns left and right, but their defense was giving up touchdowns left and right. But the point was they would play bend but don't break. And I think the Stuttgart system is really based on that, is that we know we're going to give up goals, but we're going to score so many goals that you're going to have a hard time keeping up. And so I'm really impressed with how the defense has played, and Anton was the guy who played really well for us. Um, we were talking from the Stuttgart perspective, Bolter was was the man of the match for, for you guys. Um, yeah. I don't know if you agreed with that or disagreed. 
I, I, I tend to agree with that. I, you know, to the comments you made, that he got stronger as the game went on, had a two great assists at the end of the game, or should have been assists, right? Uh, just missed. Um, and I think also an underrated player in the game, I think, is Tobias Moore, right? Thomas Oyan struggling in the game. Not, as if his passes weren't that great, he wasn't doing much on the offensive end, then gets injured. He has to come off. Tobias Moore, who doesn't normally play left back, gets jumped put in that position and immediately he's bombing down the pitch, making passes. He, I think, reignited the offense toward the end of that game, kind of led to Bolter do it being so successful on the right hand side. You have, you know, Bolter on one side um, and more on the other. So I think Moore, while he's not man of the match, I think he is very underestimated what he did in the game and i think obviously bolter and then you got to give Toronto some love for getting his first goal so i don't know but what do you think jack you know i agree i think more a very willing runner in this game a lot of overlapping runs seemed very industrious on the left hand side maybe part of that's because he usually plays a little bit higher and so he's trying to like he's kind of in that mindset but um i mean along with oian actually has a pretty good left foot in terms of some of the delivery he can provide from wide areas and just looked yeah just looked very solid and confident and composed in a way that some of our other players weren't as much like you know larson for example had yeah. a couple good moments but they seemed to come off the back of mistakes that he made so yeah. like his good moments were like recoveries from like a better opportunity that he fluffed there's a little bit of an inconsistency in like touch and decision making at times with him that i think like somebody like more came on and demonstrated a little bit more composure yeah bolter we talked about this you know the last podcast i was on i was actually surprised so far how well bolter has translated back to the bundesliga yeah. um, because i was actually i was wondering if he was going to be one of those guys kind of like Torada potentially who maybe would be more successful down low but i think early on he's looked very very much at home there and, and has been solid. That's um, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, Tom Krause was, was, was pretty good as well. Um, yeah. And flick maybe a little bit more wayward in possession than we would typically expect of him, but I thought he was industrious as well. Cover a lot of ground was a physical presence, kind of a nuisance. Um, so those are, I guess, kind of like my, my general thoughts and always nice to see Drexler involved. Like I said, last season, like, you know, maybe not the first guy, you know, in the starting 11, but more often than not, like, a solid game with a couple of key passes or key moments. And that's the kind of thing that he can provide and also has that edge. You know, when we're talking about mentality and some of the more of those things, like he's an important guy for that, that, that standpoint as well. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, you got Bayern next. We got Bolcom. Uh early. What are you, what are you looking at that game? Are you, are you just going to lock up shop and try to park the bus for them? I mean, Union Berlin seemed to do that and it worked for them. And got a draw in that game. What are you thinking going into this Bayern match? I just don't think that's the way this club plays. I think in one level, I think we will. Yeah, I think uh, we'll sit back and we'll try to counterattack. And this is the perfect club for us to counterattack against. I would imagine the possession for this one's going to be like a 70-30 type of thing for Bayern versus us. You guys know how this is. You go into this match and if your kid has swim lessons that day, you go to the swim lessons instead of watching the match. Um if anything happens, it's positive. It's 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 gravy. It's Bayern is just steamrolling teams this year, and so for Union to do what they did is kind of crazy. Um, I'm not expecting much out of this. It's I think like Eric said in the chat earlier, the Schalke match was kind of a lost opportunity for both of our clubs to pick up more than just one point. For us though, I think it's a little bit okay because we're going into Bayern and you're expecting to pick up exactly zero points in that match. For you guys, you have Bochum the next week, and that's, I think, almost a, a must-win. I'm a little disappointed because we're coming out of the Cologne match and the Schalke match with two points out of potential six, really. Um, but going into Bayern, it's – listen, the, the last time we played them in the first half of the season, they went down a man with, like, 15 minutes in the match, and then we ended up losing, like, six to one <laughs> being down a man. So – my expectations aren't uh, aren't too much. I want us to get out of the match healthy. That's it. Because we have Frankfurt the next week. And I think that's an intriguing one because I can't figure them out yet. Um, my only hope is Bayern takes it light on us. You know, they look at the schedule and they're like, ah, oh, this is a 12th place team on the league. They haven't won a match. Do they play uh, Champions League this week, Bayern? Because they could rest some guys. I, I'm gonna hope. I'm gonna tell them they are. I'm gonna. <laughs> they're gonna. They're gonna rest Sadio Mane. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. They rest guys, but the guys that they play. This is good. Dudes, it could start for our club. So yeah. yeah here's what's right. gonna happen. Stuttgart's gonna win four three. It's gonna be a sealess brace with goals from Amada and Endo as well. And then Schalke's gonna lose to Bochum inexplicably, and that's what's gonna happen. Kramer out. From your ears, from your mouth to Fritzel's ears, right there. <laughs> Uh, Jack, what do you think about for a Bochum coming up this weekend? 
I mean, it's got to be a must win, right? No, it, it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, winless in our first five, you're playing a team that's very much struggling, manager on the hot seat, bottom of the table, have to have it. There's no yep. more analysis that needs to take place than that. Like, that's a game that you that you need to win. Um, if you want to if you want to stay up in the league, it's the kind of thing you have to take advantage of. Um, yeah, potentially missed opportunity against Stuttgart this past weekend. Uh, need to write the ship. So uh, hopefully we do that. Do you think yeah. the, losing, the losing club loses uh, their manager too? Yes. Possible. Yeah, yeah, I think it's possible. I do. I do. Especially for us, we go to, going into the River Derby. I mean, I guess you you also don't want to go to River Derby with a new manager, but depends on who the manager is, right? If it's Mike Buskins, you got a chance. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Jack. I think we need to attack. Can't we sit back and, and try to play counter? Even though we are better on the counter, we got to put it to And I think, you know, whether it's Salazar or Bolter or whomever, uh, we got to attack this team and, and take our opportunities because uh, a, a loss is not going to end well for not only for our fans, but probably for the manager as well. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, no, Travis, thank you for joining us. Uh, we want to give you a little chance to plug plug away and talk about yourself and your and your podcast. And uh, yeah, floor is yours. All right. Well, it's uh, Valpy Stewart. Americana is the podcast. You can reach us at Valpy Americana on Twitter, um, at Valpy Americana on uh, the the internet, as they call it. Um, I like long walks on the beach in the sunset. And, you know, I support a club that uh, is probably going to give me a heart attack uh, way before my life expectancy should go. But <laughs> love them to death. Love your guys' show. Uh, guys, thanks so much for having me on. It's been a blast. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Jack, uh, anything, uh, anyone you want to plug or anything? No, just, just uh, once again, thank you for joining us. It's nice. You know, we, we don't have guests on as, as much as we should, and it's nice to get some collaboration going again between various, you know, kind of American-based Buddhist League of Podcasts. I think that's great for, you know, like I said, like the, the promotion of the league and the culture over here and everything. So that's fantastic. So pleasure talking to you as well, and uh, appreciate you taking time out of your Monday to join us. Uh, as yeah. for me, you can find me on Twitter at JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Richard, once again, five for five, just rolling uh, through that handle like nobody's business. <laughs> Are you going to fluff it? you going to mess it up this time? Maybe you should leave Schalke. Yeah, maybe you should leave Schalke. Better than, better than at this point no travis I want to echo the sentiments that uh jack shared and uh yeah no if you want us to return the favor we can certainly will, but you know good luck to you guys the rest of the season i'm sure we'll see we oh i know we'll see you guys again right we'll be back <laughs> at our home this time but uh yeah uh, you can follow me at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n the handle is right there all right well for travis for jack for the chat thank you for bringing it to this this evening and uh we'll catch you guys on the live stream or at the next podcast uh see you then Good health.